Comedy Pods proudly presents Garrett Teitelbaum. It's nice to see he's working. It is a delight to bring to you two of my favorite stand-up comics. And the reason I say that is because they are loyal to me and the wide open stage. As I have told all of the comics who attend regularly, I am very vain and I rank people based on what they do for me and their abilities to make me and my audience laugh. And these two men come and deliver the high energy, highly funny humor every single week downstairs at Cativo. But I say, I always say downstairs, and that's not true for them. They don't know that there's an upstairs section. Yeah, don't go to the basement of Cativo. We're not down there. Yeah, We're on the main level. Just the Cativo. Just Cativo. This is <laughs> the Sky Lounge at Cativo. That door does say Cativo. This door says Unplanned Comedy. I know there will be always a couple of Woody students who go into the bar thinking that's where class will be, or a couple bar patrons who try and open this door and come upstairs at least <laughs> once a weekend. You should let them in. That'd be fun. Yeah, just just see It'd what happens. Very disappointing for them. Like, where's the liquor? Well, you can oh. just have liquor too. <laughs> there Solve we go. that problem. There we go. But I wanted to talk to both of you guys because you are very funny. I've always enjoyed watching you before I had a mic, but um, you've both been in the scene a little longer than I have. But I wanted to find out what your first mic experience was like here, what the room was, uh, not necessarily when you first got up, but the first time you saw open mic comedy here in Pittsburgh. Because um, I know, Alex, we've talked, you scattered it out for a couple weeks before you got up on stage, I think. Yeah, it was a couple months, actually. Yeah? I was, yeah, I was just like sitting around i mean it was the priority was to learn like what not to do mainly because you can just learn very easily you know it's like oh whatever, that always fails don't ever do that uh but i and also i was just a fucking coward so every week i'd be like yeah no maybe next week because i'm just trying to learn and then finally it was actually john dick winters who busted my balls enough it was like you're you're either going to do it or you're not so just do it and uh and that was it i remember the first time i saw it i was surprised in equal parts about how funny a lot of the people were I, I had no idea i mean there were you know there's like 15 really funny comics now what year was it that you first that was this year I, I started eight months ago okay um and then i was also shocked on the other end about how terrifyingly bad some people were <laughs> <laughs> yep. the whole range range of talents and there are some people who are going to get up and do the same thing every yeah, single yeah. week. And, that and it never really goes well. Right. And you would like, think what's going on in their head every time? Your goal <laughs> is to tighten this five up. But if the five has nothing of merit in it, you're just... And just no one it. ever laughs. And I'm like, is this, <laughs> why are you doing this to yourself? Um, what about you, Harry? You, you're a few years in at this point, um, right? Not actually that long. I started about a year before you. It was last February. Okay. Um, but my first mic experience was a couple months before that. Uh, it was in August. It was during, during preseason football. And I went to Papa D's, which is on Sunday. So there was a preseason game. And nobody in the bar was paying attention to the comedy. And everybody just ate shit. It was terrible. <laughs> um, and I, that was like the first time I'd gone. I, I, I lived in Oakland. Uh, and I was like, this is the closest thing to my house. I can walk there. So let's see what's going on there. And, uh, and I remember Ian Insect was, was one of the, the comics on the, on the mic. And he stuck around afterwards, and I, I just sort of went up to him and was like, hey, is this, is it always like this? Like, is, <laughs> if I come back next week, is it going to suck this bad? And uh, so, you know, we got to talking, and, and eventually he just ordered a lot of beer, got blackout drunk with Ian, 
and Solomon and a couple other people. That'll happen. And uh, then woke up the next morning naked under a beach towel on my floor. (laughs) 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 Did you do the blackout shower? Is that what happened? I don't know. No, I I locked my door and everything. I did. I you just got naked and slept under the towel. Because I think at that point I was I, I probably didn't have a bed or something. I was in a weird <laughs> point in my life. weird place. <laughs> but so then then I went back the next week, like I said I was going to. Uh and the mic was canceled. Scott just didn't show up. It just and didn't happen. It just didn't happen. That's and I on my way home I ripped my shirt on a fence and I was like, All right, thanks universe. I'm not gonna do this for a while. And then I hung out for five months and didn't do it. Hung out away from comedy. Away from comedy. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Now, is that is that normal at Papa D's? Is there an occasional cancellation? I've yet to make yeah. it out on a Sunday to yeah, do the improv um, stuff. If there's a primetime Steelers game, that's because it's it's the only Sunday mic. Right. I mean, and that's why it doesn't do well in football season because yeah, you've people, got people go to a bar to watch the game. They don't go to see. Well, and we deal with that down uh, at Cativo on thir- with Thursday right, night football. Thursday games, yeah, we, you push yeah it, of course. Push it back later and stuff. But, but also, that's a there's a separate room. Papa D's is one. One room, sure. So you can't. So where at least we can do even like Alex does it at um, Nico's, where you can shut right. off the TVs and just this is the comedy space yeah, for now. Exactly. And that's that's the best way to do it because it's so rare because you got to get people not only to turn away from the game, but you have to give them a reason to stop watching it. Yeah. And like it's whenever you're doing whenever you're doing a mic and there's like a baseball game on or something and you and you actually get them for a second and they look at you. And then you're not funny enough, <laughs> and they're just like so pissed off. You, you made they, me turn you around. Was watching the fucking game. Me. Turn around for this, yeah. and you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you have to hold their attention, exactly, because they can tune in and out of the game whenever they want. Exactly. Well, doing as many mics as we have in the city right now, obviously in the two years and, and one year, that's certainly grown to a level. You have to have kind of, I think, different goals in each type of setting, each type of room. Yeah. yeah. So for somebody who's new to Pittsburgh or just wants to be like you guys and seek it out, what's what's kind of the way you attack a week? Like in each space, we'll talk about the mics that we have here in Pittsburgh. How do you look at open mic comedy on your calendar? Well, I mean, no. <laughs> I don't know. It's I mean... I think I used to be a lot more organized about it when I first started. It would you like, probably have to be because you get by without transportation. Yes, uh, you kind of have to be that's a little true. more diligent than Alex or I do in yeah, planning. Yeah, I, I mean, if I take a night off, um, which is rare, it's it's because I, I there's some weird transportation thing that I can't get to that place, um, and I, I've stopped going to certain mics because it's just hard to get to. Sure, um, but yeah, it's it, I mean that's what I do at night. I set aside a whole evening. Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, just do it. But I mean, in terms of doing jokes, the same at each mic. Um, that's something I used to be like very. I would do like the same thing for a week, and then switch it up and do this other five for a week. And now it's kind of like whatever I, whatever I feel like. Yeah. I don't write set lists anymore. It's kind of yeah. bad. I have to write set lists. I don't. It's a, it's almost like a safety blanket at this point. Like I don't. Usually I just go over and just kind of touch the piece of paper and don't even look <laughs> at what's on there. But <laughs> there's something. Yep. But I don't. I. Because I th- I remember one night I tried to go up without the notes and it just felt so forced and then I got in my own head about it and I totally fucking forgot what I was doing <laughs> and, and it's there's nothing like forgetting a punchline where you just Oof, it's yeah. just hanging there like, and everyone's like yeah like yeah uh, uh, okay. uh, uh. but I think I mean different like you know you said that different mics have different kind of 
vibes to use sure. that terrible word. But well, and it yeah, just as far as for you as a comic approaching getting better, that you know that there are certain skills you can work on in a different room. Exactly. Like if you right. have to do crowd work because no one's Scarps. listening, it's Scarpezis because yeah. right. you are on the corner of the bar. And it's like and everyone is drunk and hates you. Right. It's a later <laughs> mic, so people have had time to get a few in them. Yeah. And yeah, if you're right, not going to start, that, that, is yeah, that is a bar that is populated by hardcore drinkers. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, you see, I mean, you see the same ten regulars there every Wednesday, but they are getting lit on a Wednesday. Yeah, they've got hard. Hopefully, the day off tomorrow. Or and, and I'm assuming all of them have jobs. I know, like, there's some of the blue collar guys there who are getting shit faced till you know midnight one, and I know they have to be up at five. Right. But they just, you know. It's, I, I kind of have that. I had, I got used to doing that when I used to work in oil and gas because it's like a big drinking culture and also just a really macho bullshit thing. And like one of the big measures was who could get drunker later and then show up earlier for work the next day, still functioning. Right. So that was something that like, and I hated everyone so much that I would try to get drunker than everyone and show up at like 6 a.m. Even if I didn't need to, just so I could be <laughs> sitting there looking point. real smug, like, oh, what took you so long, Tom? You fuck. Yeah. Check your watch. Like a real condescending. <laughs> Little do they know you're sleeping in your car in the office yeah, parking lot. No, I'm just right. still hammered, basically. Yeah. <laughs> They're bar. like, oh, he looks so good. How do you do that? I'm still drunk. It's like, I'm drunk and I'm homeless. Yeah, and right I about know. noon, my hangover will settle in and I'll throw up for a while. That's been the hardest thing about I started a new job right around the time we launched the Cativo mic and so trying to be in the strip by 8:30 mm-hmm. functional after staying out until close at uh, you know ham bones yeah. on a Thursday night yeah. is difficult it's Wednesday Thursday because there's the three mics on Wednesday so I mean you're gonna be out till midnight minimum yeah right. and even if you just do two yeah exactly. yeah if you stay late at Nico's yeah and you could I mean you could not drink but now talk to me. About, yeah. Talk to me about Beer Hive because I know you both regularly head over there, and I just started working in the strip. Now. I've heard it moved upstairs. It used to be down in the bar action, but yeah. now it's got its own space and microphone. Yeah, that's, and, that's an awesome move. I mean, even you know, even if there's only comics there, it's just better to have that separation. See, I miss I miss the fight. I miss it downstairs. Downstairs <sighs> was it was because it switched. It's there, it's sort of switched type of mic. Like we were talking about the different different vibes, and it used to be one where you. You have to get people's attention. You have to fight for a single hard. laugh. Yeah. It's hard, but it was it. Your sort of goals change. So if you get like one good punch to land, then yeah. that was a successful set. Yeah. But now you have to go upstairs, and it's like a you have to please people. Yeah. Well, it's not, I mean, but sometimes it's just <laughs> comics up there, so you can kind of work on stuff. But I, I do but like there's, I, there's enough mics that are just comics. That's true. Right. That's, well, that's true. like that's at, all of them. <laughs> so. At Blue Dust, my goal was always to make Zach the bartender get a one yeah. laugh out of him because right. yeah. I know he's listening to everybody even if he's running around doing yeah, stuff right. if you can get a chuckle out of Zach he's at least and the, paying the, attention those to bartenders, man. I know I know one of them at Beer Hive switched shifts because she couldn't take it anymore <laughs> <laughs> I do well, not want to work Wednesdays it's, yeah it's, it's uh, I mean they're troopers because it's just hearing even if you think someone's funny you hear it a right. hundred times and just that much comedy it's, it's a lot yeah yeah. we don't do it I mean yeah. there's very few comics who We'll listen Hang and out be attentive in the room for the whole time. Yeah, I, I mean, I I listen. I think I listen more than most people. But there are even some nights where you just can't even imagine staying in the room. You yeah. know, you're just like, you just, I just want to do mine. Yeah, just, just. I mean, I try not to do that because you do learn. I mean, it's it's always an opportunity to learn when you hang out in the room. But sometimes you just, you just can't fucking tolerate it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> What's something you've learned by watching other comics here in town? Is there somebody that stands out as doing it the way that you would like to? 
or differently. I know we talked about David Leon, who was guesting this past week from out of town here at our mic yeah. um, on their way in. But is there anybody local that does something that I you mean, admire? I think the big thing is it just it going whole ass with it, like 100% energy, no matter who's in the room. Even, sure. Like, even if it's nobody. Uh, and obviously, um, you know, Mike Sasson does that every time he goes really big. But yeah. uh, the, And those are always the best guys where like their energy level doesn't change depending on the room where they're just doing their exact thing as well as possible, no matter. And it's when you see, when you see guys like go up and there's no one in there and you see them give up immediately, that pisses me off. They're just like, Oh, there's no one in here. And I'm like, what the fuck? What do you expect? (laughs) I think, I mean, I, I, maybe I do that, but I, I tend to sort of change my approach Mm. depending on who's in there. Yeah. If there's nobody in there, if it's all comics, like you said, you can kind of work out new shit, take a little more time, try multiple tags that aren't going to work. Yeah. You know, as opposed to doing like a very polished, high energy, yeah, set because it's not, you know, it's not going to work as well, and you're just going to feel bad about yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> it's tough because if you really want to work on something, you could really just try and do your five. But if there's no one listening or paying attention, you're not right. going to get anything it's, out it's of all where these feedback. beats are. Yeah. So yeah, my recent move now that we do the long jam after uh, wide open stage. Cause I'm getting up to ham bones by it's already after midnight. By the time I'm going to get on stage, I got up at like one forty this past week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm just acting for the comics that are sitting in there. So I did a dramatic reading of the Humpty dance. I did the first two verses <laughs> of the Humpty dance uh, and just presented that. And it was fine. I didn't tape it. I could have, but yeah, it's one of those. I'm just going to have fun right. and just treat it as this is the audience. And I respect somebody like Sasson who's like, no, I'm just going to be high energy. But even Mike can tell really quickly if it's not worth doing yeah. just straight jokes. He's like, I'm going to crowd work. I'm going to pick yeah. on you three people here. Right. Um, yeah, I think he's a very talented fella. Yeah, he's on the radio. He is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I listen to it in the shower, you I tell him. Yeah. That's my, that's yeah, my shower station. Not up that early. Well, I have to be at the office right. now, so I don't mind trying to catch Shannon on Thursdays and Mike the other five days a there's, week. Uh, there's something about carrying a hangover to the office, too, that's fun. It's like you got a secret. I mean, it sucks, but you're like, these people have no idea what yeah. I was doing four hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was rough. I closed ham bones and then, yeah, I don't, I, I've thrown up on the way to work or before I've left, but I hadn't had to throw up at the office until yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. It was I don't, fun. I don't throw up too much anymore. I used to, I mean, I like four hour marathon vomiting sessions. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've never, never been that bad. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. more, I don't drink liquor often anymore. And it's probably just like, I have a pitcher of beer at Cativo, but like people are going to buy shots now, I yeah. guess is my, I, I drink a lot of liquor. I, I, you do. <laughs> I love liquor. Absolutely. I, I love it. I also admire your ability to run the jukebox and ham bones. <laughs> Once you've left yeah. the room, you'd be always do a nice selection of tunes for everybody. I like, yeah, some soul jams, some rap, some two chains. Always. That's we'll get ODB. the people moving. <laughs> So the people ODB. Want. <laughs> some ODB. What was your uh, what was your first concert for the both of you? Ever? Um, in life? In life. Or most recent, I guess, this summer, if you want to talk about new music. But um geez, I don't even remember the first concert. I I do. George Thorogood. Nice. He was, he was an early one for me too, actually. It's George weird. Thorogood and ZZ Top. My dad <laughs> took me and my brother. We were like so fucking young. We were like <laughs> eight and ten. And it was just he immediately realized he'd made a terrible mistake because <laughs> we went in there and it was all like biker chicks and their oh, crusty yeah. dudes, like forty year old women. Oh That's my god! Just... And they were so fucking drunk and there was weed smoke everywhere. And they did this shadow show when when and George was up there. He was like so wasted with liquor and drug and like could barely sing and swore constantly. 
into the microphone. <laughs> It'd be the middle of a song. He's supposed to be singing. It'd be like, motherfucker's getting drunk tonight. I'm just like, Aren't you, isn't this a song? <laughs> Bad to the bone? <laughs> Are we not doing that? But they did this shadow show where it was actually, I mean, now I would think it's awesome, but when you're eight and it's like very, very sexual, it kind of freaks you out, you know? You're sure. Like, not ready for that. They did this shadow show of two women behind a screen with a bright light coming on them. So you saw their shadows and they were like dancing into each other and then they would like fake fist the shadows oh my and like Lord. making out and playing with each other's titties. And I was like, now you were like, you'd be like, this is an awesome rock show. <laughs> when you're eight, you're like, what's she doing to that lady? Is that hurting her? <laughs> <laughs> and we left pretty quickly after the shadow show. Yeah, that's freaky. He didn't do that when I saw him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw him in... Uh, Maybe like eighth grade. I was a little older. But it was my, my dad took me. It was a big outdoor. At that outdoor. point, you were very comfortable with fisting shadows. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And he didn't do the fisting shadows. I wish, he, the I, wish I knew that he was. Like, that was George, part of where's the shadows? 14 <laughs> year old Harry was like, ready. Hey, my future <laughs> friend, Alex, saw <laughs> Did you. Did he actually sing when you were there? Oh, yeah. No, he, he, he was. Uh, I think he was cleaned up a little bit by that point. Okay. And it was like a, like I said, it was a big like amphitheater yeah. type setting. So I think he, he was getting paid enough to not <laughs> be too fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but I think also at that concert, everyone else was so fucked up they, they had no idea. Sure, they, they were like, "Oh, he's killing up there." <laughs> well, that was I saw I saw fish this summer at Blossom, and I haven't listened to fish since high school. And it was just like I had friends that wanted to go. We got pit tickets, but these women in the front row, whatever they were on, was the most violent, angry, like punching of the world throughout the entire show. At fish at fish, <laughs> they were. It was like you had to have been taking something really good that they were so. I'm they had like a fish mafia around them the protecting anger, their pit. I'm guessing. It was so much it anger. Sounds like a PCP type of thing. Could have been. Maybe some bath salts. Yeah. I caught my first show was in 1996 at Burgettstown. I saw Hootie and the Blowfish nice. when I was nine years old. Nice. Yep. My mom made us leave before the encore to beat traffic because Star Lake <laughs> is miserable. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, was my great. I missed Only Want to Be With You, though. So I'll never forgive my mother. I hope you, you hope you know that. I love you, Mom. I'm just embarrassingly kidding. enough, you're my, delightful. The most concert, like I don't, I'm not a big concert guy. It's, it's I'm just like it's too fucking crowded. Oh yeah, I hate crowds. <laughs> home, <laughs> right? But I've been to the like in high school and college. We went to the Dave Matthews Band concert sure. every year, and I don't even like Dave Matthews Band. I'm in the same boat, but the same friends that see Fish, they travel for Dave every year, so yeah. it's a built-in excuse to come see me, and I'll go dance and have a nice time and yeah. enjoy is that, the. Is that Starlight? Burgettstown, whatever it's called now. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the grassy first, first Niagara. It's the out, outdoor one, and it, it it's a fun concert. Yeah, every I mean, year it, now I, it'd be I'd be too old to be fucking. Weird, I still go. I, I've seen them. I've seen them the last couple <laughs> years. Uh, they do. They always put on a good show. They do right. two sets now. They do acoustic and then yeah. Because I, I they do an acoustic. Song? Care they do so like little. seven to eight songs acoustic and then they come back instead of having an opener band. They do two sets. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. been good. They're always good. Well, I go there and get drunk, and I like I Bingo. care so little about it that I would forget I was at a concert. <laughs> so I'd be talking to people, like facing away from the stage, and they're like, "Hey, get out of the way! I like this song." And I'm like, You're "Oh, yeah, ruining Dave, 41, Dave, Dave, man." Matthews band is on behind me. Oh, whoops. Do you still hang out in the like the lawn for that? Oh yeah, I can't do lawn anymore. Well, I, again, I best. haven't been in a while. Cause sure, that's fair. Yeah, the lawn there is just so many children, so many old <laughs> angry people. Um. I saw I saw Oddball there two summers ago, um, yeah, which was a pretty good time. Yeah, I sat on the lawn for that. They moved everybody up from the lawn. Unless you, did you go no, the first like Oddball? Three years ago. Yeah, was whatever. Three years so ago? year Holy two, shit. they sold like Groupons, and you could buy lawn or the other, but they didn't sell enough for amphitheater, so they just mm. let everybody move up, upgrade yeah. their tickets. It's not that bad. No, it was nice. Bird did well. Silverman, uh, Brett Morin, and 
Michael Che. Brett Morin's on Undateable with Ron Funches, okay. which has an interesting concept. I'm a, I'm a TV nerd, and I don't watch a ton of it, but they did their finale last year live. And right. now this season started last night. Every Friday, they're doing a live sitcom, basically. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Chris D'Elia, Ron Funches, yeah. Brett Moore. I like Ron Funches a lot. I love Ron. He's and so it, likable. It's basically, if you like Ron Funches and you like sassy uh, punchline sitcom like one-liners, sassy. that's what he That's what he does. Yeah, he delivers a sassy... Like, <laughs> Not him at all. It's really weird. It's like so different from his yeah. comedy. <laughs> it's very strange. Oh, my God. He was one of the first... Uh, like professional stand-ups I saw. Really? Weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, when I went to L.A. the first time to visit, uh, Anthony Jeselnik ran this showcase on Monday nights. And you know Anthony from growing up here in Pittsburgh? No. I'm t- kidding. I didn't. Don't, don't joke like that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Harry. You tell no, your just, story. Harry's uh, sensitive. I am. <laughs> no, it was it was just a thing. I saw a thing about it, and I uh, you know, I like him. And yeah? He, it's, it was like these sort of regional showcase I think Ron Funches was still in Portland at that point. Um, it was him and Beth Stelling and Andy Haynes. Nice. Like all three of them have had half hours since then. Yeah, it was because so it, it was really cool to see them like on the come up. Right, like right after we saw um, Brett Moore and Undateable got picked up, and Michael Che was the other one had just signed on to do the Daily Show and then right. got the uh, SNL anchor job. Cool. So yeah, it's good. I wanted to ask you because you both participated in the. Um, PCF contest, correct, Alex? Did you not. didn't do the first rounds? Okay. No. Well, good, because you, you would have made it to the, the second, second round. round. <laughs> you just some automatic buy for yeah. Alex Homiak. <laughs> no, I think, like, I sent the email in, and I, I, they just didn't have any fucking idea who I was. Sure. So. You're too amateur at that point. Yeah. <laughs> a little, listen, like, not more than five years' experience, but maybe yeah, a little more than, than six. More. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you are doing the T-Robe contest. I am. What was the... You so you did submit. It's not like you didn't want to do the last one. Uh, no, I yeah, of course I sent my name in. Sure, I mean it's you know it's no big deal. It's uh, you gotta you can't it's you can't get bitter about that stuff. It's it's what it is, and like particularly when you're just starting, no one knows who the hell you are, so like you right. can't expect anything. Um, but do you yeah. like the idea of doing comedy as a contest, like a competition between each other? Yeah, yeah, you think, I think that's, it works really well. Yeah, most of the time. yeah, I'm excited about it, and you know it's there's always an element of competition to it. Sure, where you. You, I mean, you want to be better than the other guy, but it, it, you don't want to be a prick about it. But in the back of everyone's head, they're like, "I'm fucking, I'm better, funnier than that, better than yeah. you." <laughs> well, the the idea is that the best person should do the best. Yeah, like the funniest person should get the most success in comedy. Yeah. So with with contests where you have you can see everybody sort of next to each other. I mean, the only bummer with the audience vote is that you know it's, well, you can stack it's, the it's yeah if some hick brings like twenty people. It's a bringer show. Yeah. At the end of the day, anything that's an audience participation vote, yeah. it's a bringer show. It's who so knows the it'll most It'll get interesting people. when the judges get involved. I think that's right. what it'll... Well, that's, that, was, that was what was cool about the PCF one. Was that it was three, three, yeah, it was three judges, judges and an audience They factored vote. in the audience vote, which I, I think that's, that's a good format. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. it is about... you know With, with comics, it's, they're going to view it differently than what just... It, an everyday person who's like, I'm just looking to forget about my job. Who made me laugh the most, and, yeah. And chuckle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can do like a beautifully written set that has lots of references and puns that nobody yeah. gets nobody <laughs>, laughs at a single Harry, you thing do that you do that <laughs> that cat joke that i love but i think that's one yeah. where i'm like i think that's more for comics I did, <laughs> yeah i did that one the second night of the contest that's yeah a very iffy i love for your 10 you did and i think i didn't i didn't see night one but night two i think i saw you the night before you said you were going to do an entirely different 10 you didn't want anything from night one to make it into the night two set i did i did do an entirely different one that was just like a personal goal that was yeah 
I didn't think it would help me advance or anything, but um, yeah, it was just like, I, I want to get a good five and then a completely different, also good 10. That didn't go over nearly as well, but. I thought you were okay. top three. I voted for you. Well, thanks, <laughs> Absolutely. I thought you did great. It was a fun show. I, yeah, I no, missed night one. 20 comics is a lot to it sit was, through. It was a lot of fun. I went to both nights yeah. um, because it, it was good to see everyone at their absolute best. Like Everyone was really hyped up, great audience, great venue. Um, I was also drunk as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's BYOB down there, and I brought a fifth of Stoli. <laughs> no chasers. Wow. I, I was just yeah. sitting there passing a bottle of fifth around. I was drunk as hell. I was like, everyone's so damn funny tonight. The energy's great. You drank half a fifth of vodka, dude. <laughs> a, a tenth, they call that. A half a fifth, yeah, that's it. A, a tenth of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> those are the, um, actually, I think it was, I forget who I was talking to. Norlex, maybe? Oh, we were saying that that, one of the best things about that is how it invigorated the open mic scene. Yes. Like in the weeks leading up, because mm -hmm. everybody who was in that contest just brought their A game to every mic. Yeah. They were practicing for this thing. So I think that's that we need more of those. Man. We, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and that's one of the things where you, you're talking about the energy of a, of a room, and different rooms have different energies to them, but there are some nights, like, I mean, it, it's usually at Hambones where a really good night will happen because, I mean, that is, you know, the. The most popular mic, the most crowded mic in the city, and it's that's, the marquee event. And, and that's every where, like, that's where I pop my cherry because it, I just it's the it's the softest room. Um, you know, it's the easiest way, to, easiest place to ease into it. Um, but like, so I, I'm surprised some nights by how high the energy gets. At, you know, it's an open mic on a right. Thursday in Pittsburgh, and you, you don't think like I mean, and some nights everyone is just having a great set, and the audience gets really invested in it because I think it's surprising for them too. Like, holy shit, this is. I didn't know it was going to be so funny. And then other nights, you know, it's, it's, and it's weird. It's hard to predict because some nights it's crowded mm. and it's just for some reason something's off and like no one likes anyone's jokes <laughs> and everyone's feeling that. And then it just gets shittier and shittier. And then there's, and then it's kind of angry. It's almost like chippy, you know? Well, I think a lot of those nights are when, um, cause new comics especially will make the mistake of bringing a lot of friends. Sure. Open mic, and they're not necessarily, I mean, they're not going to like everybody. They're definitely not going to like everybody. Did you do that? Oh, yeah. Homie X likes to brag that of all the comics in town, he's the only one who has friends who aren't <laughs> comics. It means you don't do it enough. To me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it means you're not dedicated. That's right. I should get rid of no, all the those first, people. Yeah, the first mic I did, I brought 13 people to Hambone. Oh, wow. And I didn't suck that's good because you brought 13 people exactly yeah, i was about to yeah, say i rigged this the thing is you can i, I saw can, i yeah. saw a kid and i felt so bad for him he must have brought nine people yeah and uh i mean he was just a, a prick in general so i didn't really give a give a fuck but he went up and did really uninspired no energy he he didn't have any notes and i was like you know you got to write jokes if you're gonna tell jokes right they're gonna give you the microphone but you're the you one who has to put words jokes. into and it his friends didn't even laugh really and it just watching him go back because he had to go back to that table <laughs> you can't just what walk he just dives out the window well all right i'll see you guys <laughs> well i'm gonna go change my name move to a different city this is terrible i hope one of the people who he brought saw him suck so much and decided to do stand-up and like, right, just like <laughs> i'm gonna possibly. be better than him God, just, yeah and just do it once and invite right. all the same people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to be a brick cause all kinds of drama oh my god but you can do stuff at ham bones when the audience is feeling it and it goes great yep. and then you try it 
you know, at Scarps on a Sunday or at Kativa or any other room. It doesn't matter. If you and did it get, at Scarps on a Sunday, then it no, would be it really be. weird. No oh, that's excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Papa <D's>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's at Scarps on Sundays. Those Probably same Wednesdays. Same, Wednesday. same people getting drunk as hell. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, with Scarps is its own animal. Yeah. You yeah, can't do anything that you though. do anywhere else that works well. I mean, and the, but some nights it's so strange. I'll see people, like, they're going up to do their thing at Scarps. I'm like, this is going to go terribly. And they love it. Yeah. It's so unpredictable. Yeah. What's the most you've ever done in a week? How many times have you gotten up? I did 10. There was 10. Like last summer, we had 10 open mics, and I went to every single one like twice. Wow. That's a lot. It was a lot. It uh, wasn't. That was. I mean, some of them were um, it was like Union Pig and We had three on Sunday at some point. It was like Union Pig and Chicken, and then Papa D's, yeah. and then Wing Hearts briefly. I think that lasted for four weeks or something. Oh, really? Why did, yeah, it, was very, why did it go away? Because uh, it was a terribly managed restaurant. <laughs> Uh, no, that place is a total fuck. It box. was it was awful. Yeah, they they closed the rest. Like it, the mic didn't go away. They just they <laughs> bought, they, they <laughs> bought the place. This was their hail mary their attempt. Let's get the comics but in even, here. Even when on that was Sunday. going on, since it was a Sunday night, they didn't uh, they didn't cancel it for Steelers games. So I think the f- one night we were there and they had a big jumbo screen right above where the comics stood <laughs> with the game on. With the game on. <laughs> I would so, just do Howard Cosell style commentary. Yeah. That's all you can do for your <laughs> five. Uh, I guess, I guess I'm going to talk about this. Uh, so then went, the next week, though, there was no Steelers game. Uh, but they still had the same channel on. So it was just the local news. Oh. Above <laughs> the that yeah. is uh, fucking it was the funny. Best. It was the oh, best my God. You could do what's in the news bits all day. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah, the thing is, local, the local Pittsburgh news is, I mean, fodder. It's, so, it's always so ridiculous. Yeah. And the interviews are the best. Like particularly whenever I feel like once every few months it's like a seasonal story where some youths decide to like uh fuck up fifty cars in a neighborhood. <laughs> I don't and yeah. it's always like, yeah, they broke a hundred left mirrors off of a car and then they interview the, the Yinzers and they're just so emotional about it. Right. The type of Yinzer who's home in the daytime to be interviewed, to these be on kids, the local. These kids running around breaking our cars. That's how I get to work. That's my <laughs> transportation. That's I, how I feed my kids. Can I get your obligatory answer accent? Had to do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. Hey, my boy. <laughs> There's different brands of Yenzer. They're absolutely the, the high pitched squeak, squeakers that I can't. I can't really do those. And then the back of the mouth guys that take everything too seriously. Going down to Permanis. I'm so not That sounded yeah, yeah, Swedish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Southern. It's <laughs> <laughs> some pierogies. <laughs> that's that's the mascot at Mario's, isn't it? Yes. The it Pittsburgh right. Pierogi Mario. At Mario Brothers. Yeah. Mario <laughs> Brothers Pizza. Oh. Ooh, hey there. Dinner's done. Time to get the turkey out of the oven. So from a, a time when there were 10 mics, what do you think is the best thing to come out of all that for this scene as guys who are watching it grow and and getting a good amount of you know feature sets here and there, what do you what do you think is the best thing that's happened to the scene in the time you've oh, been around the, to in, the, in the, how it's grown? I think Harry's got to take that. One. I haven't been around long enough, really. That's um, fair. The thing that's changed is there's more showcases, like weekly or monthly, regular showcases. Like when I started, it was um, I guess there were a couple, but they were kind of you know off and on. They would do seasonal type of things, like Hot Rods used to be when they felt like it. And uh, Norlix ran shows at Sonny's when he felt like it. It was a lot of those kind of one-off deals. Um, but since then, like, Pleasure Bar was turned into a showcase. We had Caliente for this last exactly year. one year. Yeah. Um, there's the the Maker Showcase is a monthly thing. So there's more uh, opportunities to get up for longer. Um, but in, in that case, we've also lost a few mics 
Um, sure. And I, I think the other thing that's happened is there's been more of an integration with the variety mics. Uh, I think more comics are starting to realize. Like you go to the acoustic. I've done Tuesdays cafe, at Hambones a handful of times. Yeah, because yeah, you can do I, ten. Does once. Does right. Club Cafe. Club Cafe on Monday. Yeah. I think I might go. I, I mean, I'd, I've, I just, for me, I never do that because I don't want to impose that. You know, sure, like if, right. if I just don't want to piss off. Like, if you're a musician, that's that's a, that's a really raw thing too. You know, and particularly yeah. those acoustics, it's usually like a guy with a guitar. The thing is, you don't piss them off. Uh, They're okay. so delighted to to see anybody who's not just a sad sack with a guitar. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's a sad sack without a guitar. This is better. <laughs> at least you can make jokes instead of singing some shitty song. Well, and it is. At least at Hambones, the handful of times I've done it on Tuesdays, you get 10 minutes, so mm-hmm. you can work on some longer stuff. But also, they are. They're so receptive because they haven't heard your stuff yet. Right, that's true. It's it's nice to be able to go, all right, that yeah, is and working. And I guess the, mus- the musicians can also be an audience member. Bingo. I guess they treat the music like we treat the comedy sometimes. We're like, hey, I'm not in the mood to listen to this. I, when I very first started, I had no idea what I was doing. It's it's a very weird thing to ease into. It's like the yeah. social scene. Yeah. You know, it's not... It was friendlier than I thought it was going to be, Yeah, to be honest. But, I mean, it there is always an element of... You know, you don't want to be too... They, people don't want to be too nice because you don't want to encourage someone who's really bad or someone who doesn't take it seriously. Sure. Right. To do it, you know, for a long time. Um, but it, it was one of those things where there, there were a number of comics that... You know they're not pricks, but they're. I mean they're not going to laugh. They're not going to indulge you, but they're not shitty. And that that was one thing because I expected to be walking into like a snake pit. And I was like, ah, no, they're decent people. For, uh, not all, not really, but <laughs> no, we're all, all terrible. We're all, we all are. You know, we all have drinking problems and we're selfish. But, yeah, you know, we're horrible narcissists. Yeah. But, now yeah. I came. I I tested the waters in improv first because it felt like a safer space. You know, I I came into both March of 2014. They are I, a supportive. They are. They're a supportive group, which it's is like why I only yeah I only <laughs> right. did seven open mics all of last year, yeah. and then this year I started to hit it harder. But it yeah. was it was because it was easier and safer, and they are people that will tell you how great you're doing all the time. Yeah. that you're the funniest boy, and I I need that sort of stuff. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. I think that's why there is that tension between comics yeah. and yeah. Well, in stand-up, that you can't do that. I mean, it, you have to do that in improv because it's a team right. setting. Like, you have to be able to work together. With you stand-ups. have to drink the Kool-Aid, otherwise it's going to fall yeah, apart. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to be in, in the group. With stand-up, it's all very individual, so you don't want to encourage people, you said, who aren't, who don't really have the chops. Yeah. You don't want to tell people that they're doing great. What, yeah, what's the sure. sucking? What's you're not the helping them. Yeah. You know? But I mean, this is, you're very right in that once you are acclimated to the types of personalities you're going to see at every mic, um, there are people who are supportive who will encourage certain bits out of you. Or they're like, oh, I really like this one thing or will offer you tags and things like that. And everyone will do that if it's good. Right. Right. If your stuff has enough merit on its own to, 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 you've done enough work to, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, I think I also think it's funny when you. you have a bit that does well consistently, but someone doesn't like it they'll tell you they're like, yeah they're yeah. like that I joke always does well hate i fucking you. hate that joke, I hate that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are those are the jokes you really hate like when other people have jokes that you kind of don't like if they don't do well it's like all right whatever it's a bad joke yeah. but if you do well you're like fuck i'm Why supposed are you to like at this that shit? <laughs> i should like that but i don't uh, yeah. right, so, but uh, so when i very first started um you know i had no idea what i was doing so i was just trying to figure out like you know what rooms i can do so i started just doing beer hive Ham bones because those are the most well known ones. Yeah, and I remember the first time I went to Beer Hive after I had done ham bones four weeks in a row, and then I started going to Union Pig and ham bones, mm-hmm. um, and then the first time I went to Beer Hive, I learned like how bad it can be. <laughs> you know, when you're just like, in, you know, you're doing your shit and you, you'd say the words and you're like, and that's where they laugh, and then they don't, and you're like, oh well, 
That's Whoop. horrible. <laughs> yeah, but like we just said earlier, the audience can feel it if you start to second guess the material yeah. there. Yeah. Versus so you, do have to, you have to have being confidence. a Shannon yeah. or a assassin who and fucking it, knows that their stuff's great yeah. and, and going to keep misses, going at high energy. If it misses, just skip over it and like try to get to the next thing and then see if you can bring it around. Because I think the most fun sets are when you start off and you lose them. Yep. And they hate you, and, you and then you get, get them back. Mm -hmm. That's that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, the but fight to get them back on. I your went side. to um, Eclipse. Did you? Was yeah. Eclipse an open? Yeah, that was before Hambones. That was the pre-Cativo. Okay. And that's that's an acoustic There's one no that way. I don't know if they let comics do. Do do they? Oh wait, oh okay. So no, there was a there was a became, there was a comedy mic. Yeah, but it, it, it converted to an acoustic one and okay. I didn't know that. So I, I went there. there. I went there when it was like my fifth week and I was like, I'm gonna go do a mic I'm gonna do two mics in a night because I'm fucking getting into this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I and I show up and there's just guitars everywhere and a bunch of sad looking mopes and I was like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> and the bartender was like, Yeah, it's not a comedy mic anymore. But then they started performing, and I was like, "I'm in too deep because I'm the only audience." So I just got shit faced. I had like, nice. I had like five old fashions, <laughs> and the bartender was hot, and I'm pathetic, so I didn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish that tenth of liquor. And yeah, right. Uh, but I just one guy went up, and I was like, "Oh, so acoustic mics do have similarities to similarities to, com to comedy ones because this guy goes up." And he and he's just leather jacket, long greasy black hair, and he's like weirdly jacked. And I'm like, I don't trust any performer who's weirdly jacked. I'm like, you shouldn't have the time for that. Um, but he leans in and he goes, "This is a song I wrote in the desert in Nevada." And then he just starts like banging <laughs> one chord on his fucking acoustic. <laughs> and, it's, and it was every stereotype. Like he talked about a lizard. And a purple sunset, and a t he mentioned a tumbleweed, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I was like, "This guy's a jackass." And then you could tell, and it was like all the other acoustic open mic regulars were like, "This fucking guy." <laughs> and at the end of it, he's like, "I'm looking for a drummer if anyone's interested." <laughs> and then all, all the performers were just kind of looking at the ceiling mm -hmm. and shit, like, "Oh, this is <laughs> please stop." <laughs> I, I don't know. I again, it, it is nice to have a different audience. I would like it if more musicians were doing something comedy related. I'd love to have more of an alt scene than we kind of have in Pittsburgh. There's a handful of people doing something different, like a cat pile style joke right. that is so out of left field, like a stapula or an insect. Right. Um, but there isn't a ton that kind of bridge music and comedy together or any like duo sort of well, bits. There there are they just suck. I did see <laughs> I, I, I mean that's fair. I did get to see work a lot. I did get to see Jackknife Taylor for the first time this this past Thursday at Hambones, which is incredible. Yeah. Um yeah, what a Tim Ross is Tim is just so funny. And yeah, I would love to see more. And he's of a guy that Jackknife. you can tell he's really enjoying himself. Yes. And even even if it's not going that well, you he know, doesn't care. Yeah. He'll, and that's you got and that's that's uh, we talk about that. I mean that's the biggest key I think is to like have fun. Yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. No, somebody told me that they, uh, I think it was Mike, assassin, who said he was. It was like I, I told myself I'm going to do this until it's not fun, and it's still fun. So, yeah. no, for sure. I've seen Tim open Blue Dust on a night where no one was paying attention <laughs> with just saying, "Sup." For a minute and a half, <laughs> waiting, <laughs> waiting for the one table to acknowledge him. What's up? That's the worst. Getting people's attention. You're the first guy. Like Ray brought him up, and then it was just, just like, hey, just when they're not even looking at something else, when they're just not looking at you. Yep. Yeah. Like, hey, hi, over here. Yeah. Please. It's so, please. It's so, so weird. It's so weird. It's well, that was at Maker last week. You went out into the audience and did your set. We did my set from the audience. From the crowd. And then I just abandoned it because Shannon got on stage and 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck this. Shannon wanted to do a two-prov with me. Yeah, he did want to do it. It's an improv theater. (laughs) We're going to do a two-prov. We need a suggestion. (laughs) He came and watched me do improv last night. Shannon is now invested in the comedy scene as a whole after PCF, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. He watched his... uh, his lady in a sketch show, and then oh well, he, that's he has a lady. Then he was well, lady. she stayed, so I think he felt obligated <laughs> like, to stay. It. <laughs> I know Garrett. I'll <laughs> sit Why? and watch Garrett. Fine. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else do you guys want to talk about, man? Totally. We can talk about improv. If you want. I don't have to talk about improv. The, the intersection. I've never seen. You've any, never seen any improv, any Harry. Actually, I've only seen one. Harry watched his first show with us in the wings of the PCF Comedy Festival. Yeah. Watched Bombardo with Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Recreation. Was that any good? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, there was <laughs> there was one there was one lady who was very funny. Yeah, uh, Melanie something. I believe I yeah. There uh, were she was uh, consistently funny. It was a team of eight women, and with them being the headlining improv team, I think my expectation was that they were all going to be incredible. Right, and it was probably. Three to five. There were three very talented. One all star on the team. There was one all star on the team. There were two to three very funny people, and then there were a couple people who just weren't pulling their weight. I think about with improv where I can't believe it doesn't get more contentious more regularly because every improv team is going to have two or three people that are very that are better. Sure, and one at least one person who you're carrying them. How does that not piss you off? How are you not like, hey, Steve, you're not fucking funny. Be funnier. You as a team, you're always going to have those sorts of like little bits here and there. But ultimately, if you find the people that you want to play with and you build your own team versus be on a house team that like a theater is putting together, you ultimately you become friends enough that I know what you're good at. Like, so you just Kevin O'Brien and I, yeah, like we'll do a duo. I know I know how to set you up to do like your funny bit. Okay. It becomes throwing slow pitch softball at each other. Yeah. And it's like, I know you can knock this out if I set up that a character for you. Yeah. So it is, it's going to, to war, both stand up and improv. You're looking at it as a war. You're going to battle with a troop behind you. You've got people that will help you if you're not doing what you need to yeah. be doing to get you back to where you need to I be. Mean, I used to do improv in like high school and okay. college. Um, yeah, I had no experience before getting here. Yeah. Um, so this is all yeah. new comedy. And I, used to to, me. I used to act too in high school and college, and then I just started getting drunk and high all the time. I didn't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was at college. I got a little lost. Well, the thing is, I, I was an English major, and uh, because I, I loved to to read and write, and yeah. um, so I would just smoke like four bongs and go to the library. Ooh. And read for like seven hours instead of going to class like an idiot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm a, this is what this is, you know. When you're in, when you're that age, you're terrible. You're the worst human know? being. Yeah. And it's been like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm an intellectual. This isn't about. And I mean, I still managed to do okay because I went to Penn State, which was much easier than my high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, college is fucking easy. Does everyone know about this? <laughs> <laughs> that was my biggest thing when I got to college. I was like, there are so many dumb people here. Oh, they, they had an college. exam you had to for take some, to I went get to Penn here. State Maine campus so you want to talk about a pool of idiots yeah and i also hated how much everyone loved it you ever hear larry david talk about why he hates the beach he's like it's not that he only dislikes the beach but he hates it because everyone loves it so sure. much that's <laughs> I how i feel about that. State. that's how i feel about like most things i hate <laughs> I just like any sports team i hate it's not the team it's the fans yeah. oh sure like, i don't i feel like like whatever and then their fans piss me off yeah i don't know what penn state was like um but i grew up in ohio but i wasn't originally from there Mm-hmm. And so dealing with Ohio State fans or Browns fans or Bengals fans, 
it gets frustrating, and I don't know what it's like Steelers or Penn State-wise, because they're knowledgeable about their team. They're not knowledgeable about the league or yeah. the sport in general. Yeah. They can only tell you the virtues of why Ohio State is better than everybody else. Yeah. But if you try and have an articulate conversation about the other teams outside of the Big Ten, or even the teams in the Big Ten, yeah. they're no, just going to tell you you're wrong. Well, Penn State, Penn State I hated mainly because of, it was, uh, I mean, a corrupt, <laughs> incestuous, sure. isolated little community and that was one of the things like the sandusky scandal i was excited that a scandal broke that revealed how fucked up that institution is i wish it was something else i wish they would like someone had been embezzling money obviously (laughs) but still is yeah exactly but i mean it's uh it was it was just i hated it so much and i also hated the group think like of it yeah just the chant we are penn state i'm like it's just it's it's just everyone like stop thinking and just it was it, it always seemed like every party I went to, particularly the frat parties, it seemed like everyone trying to convince everyone else that they were having a good time. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't need to yell. This is so much fun in someone's face every five minutes. If you're actually having fun, generally you're just having fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I, that's Pete Holmes has a good bit about that. Yeah. You know, telling people fun. that you're having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> McDonald's. You ruin it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he goes whenever there's a lull, it gets quiet. Yeah. When you're just say to your friends, he goes, "This party is McDonald's." I'm loving it. <laughs> it is. He's it's wonderful. He's I, such I a love him. To, he's, he works so clean, which I have no idea how to do yet. Yep. I'm hoping to someday push Kinda myself. Does. I mean, he, he has a lot of clean jokes. I don't know if I ever hear him swear. Not a ton. Obviously, more than he did when he first got into it. Yeah. He also has that... Um, he just seems cleaner than he is. Mm-hmm. I think like he talks about a lot of really the, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, he talks things. about fucked up things, but he also he but he he it's the he, way he Yeah, he just it. he just seems like a he's just He a, looks like a golden a retriever. He's guy. a fun <laughs> yeah. it's more the shock of somebody who looks like that right. doing that sort of right. humor. Yeah, I was really big into comedy when I was in like junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to go to comedy clubs when I turned 18. I saw Kevin Hart in like 02 or 03 before Soul Plane or anything. And then in college it kind of just dropped out for me. And maybe four years ago, I was working for a company that I had to drive all the time. And I was in the car constantly. And a friend recommended the You Made It Weird podcast mm-hmm. with Pete. And that's kind of what got me with the wheels turning to think about getting into comedy. So yeah. Pete is a big reason it's, why I'm sitting here. Mine was the Nerdist podcast. Sure. It's re- like, and, and then through that, WTF and You Made It Weird. Yeah. That was the first time I got to hear comedians talk about being comedians. Because before that, I thought it was like this, oh, you have to have this natural performer aspect in your life yeah, yeah, Every, yeah. You to, everybody loves you and you have to be funny all the time it's yeah, like i'm not that but I'm, i hear that they're all a bunch of depressed alcoholics and i'm like okay yeah, yeah i can yeah, yeah, I fit, that in, fit in on that scene <laughs> maybe i can try this yeah i don't i I've, I've been i mean you know most kongs have been very into it since they were kids but for me it wasn't just comedy like i mean it's for some reason my grandmother was a huge eddie murphy fan nice uh, for some just, reason. Well, she was horribly racist. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it was surprising. But so I watched, like, they had the VHS of Raw. Sure. And I watched that a ton. Uh, and she also had the VHS of Pryor and some Carlin. And, I, and those are always the names that people say. And it's almost, you know, you're like, oh, you're not even. I, I, I loved those guys. And I was obsessed with it when I was a kid. And But the reason I, I think I got into it was since I was a kid, being funny was how I thought like i thought that was my only redeeming quality because you know I'd, every comic self-loathes but yeah. i'm like if i wasn't funny i would be useless like i would not have any of the friends that i have you know they only like me because i'm funny yeah and i think like so that's why I've, I've always been so interested in it and it was mainly pretty much only cowardice that kept me from ever doing it before um i started when i was 28 which is late it's not all right 
Um, but it's, it's, I, you know, I was just, it's, it's fucking terrifying. Like the, when I first started, I didn't wear my glasses on stage, so I couldn't see anybody. Oh, geez. Really? It helped. It helped not look like seeing people's face. It took the edge off. Cause I was mm. like, I still get nervous even at open mics, um, which I think is good, but I was, it was a mess, like fear, diarrhea, like sweating, <laughs> shaking, take my glasses off, like trembling when I'm holding the mic. That's why I used to leave it in the stand and, and grip it with both hands. <laughs> Like, like I fell off the side of a boat, and that's my only thing to <laughs> hold on to. the last to. ditch effort. So, and it was just like people couldn't see me shake. Now, you guys have both kind of have alluded to in that past uh, conversation point that you are not necessarily who you are on stage is not who you feel like you are off stage, or it's just an enhancement. How do you consider the character of Alex or Harry different than who you are on a day-to-day basis? The character says his jokes a lot louder. like when i make jokes in conversation it's usually and it's it's something that i've actually gotten i've changed how i talk to people since doing comedy um because in high school it happened all the time i had just a loud friend who i would say i would just like mumble something that i thought was funny to some weird reaction joke and he would hear it and then repeat it and get the credit for it sure he he didn't, didn't do it on purpose it wasn't a malicious thing it was just like he wanted everybody to hear the joke and just uh, wouldn't, Harry said something wouldn't really acknowledge funny. that I had said yeah, it. Like, what the fuck, <laughs> man? Like, fuck you. <laughs> but that's that's how I mostly go. It's it's I've always made myself laugh more than other people laugh yeah. at me. And uh, so yeah, it, it's on stage though. I'm like, okay, I have to tell this joke. I can't just trail off into nothing because that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> <to most people. laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, I guess I'm like a, a more confident version of myself. But I d- I do bring a lot of myself into. Uh, it's not too big of a transition for me it's just it's more uh you know sculpted like i it's you know i speak more fancily when i'm on stage than i do off um like you're being bid on by a very yeah well i say the word poultice (laughs) in one of my bits so don't do that in my day-to-day no it's not it's not (laughs) a common thing so i i don't i mean it's it's definitely you know everyone it's crafted because you have to sit down and write the thing right but it's uh I know. For me, part of it is like when you say something that is gross or simple and straightforward that when I'm talking, I just like to talk about it straightforward. When you're on stage, if you talk about it in a very elaborate kind of roundabout way, I think that makes it more funny and less repulsive. Absolutely. Just unnecessary verbiage. Yeah, which is, yeah, I talk too fucking much. I know that. It's part of me. I bullshit a lot. And what's the writing process like for you? Because I know you said you got caught at work with your set list out. Um, is that typically where you will jot some stuff down or? Um, I mean, I, don't, I, I, I have multiple, I just try to try to make it so that anytime I think of a thing, I can put it down somewhere. Sure. Um, and then I, I very rarely write out entire jokes, which is bad. I should definitely do that. But, um, <laughs> like I'm just we're lazy. Learning. We're learning right yeah. now. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I used to do a thing where I would, I would walk cause I don't have a car. So I would walk to a lot of mics. Um, Hambones is like an hour and a half walk for me. Oh, wow. Um, so I would do that and I talk to myself. Well, yeah, because you're thinking about. Yeah, it's, and, and just and like that, being yeah. in motion for some yeah. I've, I've always, even when I'm like at home, I'll pace back and forth. Uh, it helps me, you know, think through things. Uh, but I would do that and then get to the mic and write down everything I had thought of. Yeah. You know, whether it would be a complete bit. And then so most of that stuff never even ended up in sets it's not like i would do it like perform it that night i would yeah. just write it down so i had it exactly and but then you you look at it later and you're like well that's not like, funny <laughs> <laughs> the entire premise is bogus 
But yeah, no, I mean, that's, and that's what it is. I mean, for me, it's more in the moment stuff. Like if I'm having a conversation at the bar and someone says something or I say something and everyone laughs, it's kind of learning, you know, because what I used to tell myself when I was making excuses for not doing stand-up, because I always wanted to do it, sure. if I'm being honest. I just, I, again, it was just pure cowardice. The excuse was always, I'm conversationally funny. I couldn't be funny on stage. And it is very different. Yes. But there is a connection. And you kind of, you learn in the moments like when, if you're having, particularly if you're with good friends and you know each other very well and you riff really deep into something mm -hmm. and you kind of realize like, oh, this is a joke now. And then you just, and then I just write a note down and then I'll kind of write it out a little more elaborately. But then on sets, I just have like trigger phrases. Um, but I do like, I, I'll look through my notes because sometimes I forget about them. Sometimes I'm drunk as hell when I write them. And then I just like once a week, just kind of scroll through what I have. And some of the notes you write down, particularly when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I have a lot of They either make no stuff. sense, but one of my notes is all caps, blood ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Like, what, what am I? Uh, just, this I, seemed like a great it idea. It makes me laugh yeah, every time I read it. 1.30 in so the I'm morning. Like, it's not I going anywhere. It. <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of that? That's funny. I think that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's I've just been those have been happening recently weirdly because I got pus cum. <laughs> yeah, one word blood ejaculation and squirt nami. I think that's your that's the bit right there. Squirt just those three. Squirt nami is my favorite. I, used to do that. I used to do that bit. The squirt nami <laughs> three, bit. No, with three different words. Oh. Just a bit, no, I, I I got really obsessed with uh, efficient jokes. It's like how, how can you make a joke with one word? Yeah. Yeah. The first one was bunny cum. Which is <laughs> <laughs> it just went from there. And it was I, I was forcing the issue. I was like trying right. to write yeah, these yeah. one jokes. Is that where Cat Pile came from? No, Cat Pile was, uh, that was an, an, its own thing. Yeah. It was probably a walking around apartment <laughs> in college. Yeah. That's the other thing is uh, I wrote a ton before ever getting on stage. Like even before okay. going to that open mic with sure. Ian, I was, I've been jotting stuff down as, as joke ideas. Again, a lot of the, which has still never made it out into the world. Sure. But so yeah, I that's had this what, backlog of stuff I thought was funny. That's what kind of did me well because I did a few. I did, only did seven last year and then I did mm -hmm. a bunch, like maybe three or four at the beginning of January and then got scared off and did got back into improv. But then Kevin wanted to start doing mics again right before I was about to film this movie this summer. So I was like, all right, I've got two weeks. Let me get up. And I'd been writing the whole time and it did well. And I was like, all right, as soon as the movie's done, I'm going to just throw myself back in yeah. all the time. Yeah. And we're glad you. Did. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. <laughs> what is uh? What's the longest set you've been able to do so far? In ten. Ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, I I went over a little bit when I when I did the underwear show. I, I ended up going to twelve because they forgot to light me. Sure. <laughs> and it was funny because I was I was I blew I blew my wad. I was running on fumes. I was like, I don't have any more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it boils down. Because yeah. I I even was able to riff on something for thirty seconds. I thought of like in the moment. And it, I, th I thought I was falling short of my time because I didn't get the light. So I was flipping out. I was like, I could swear this was 10 minutes. I, I timed this like, out yesterday right. about 10 times. It's 10 fucking minutes. How have I not hit 10 minutes? And I just realized, I was like, well, I just need to bite the bullet. And I was like, hey, guys, am I at 10? Because I'm out of jokes. And then, <laughs> and then you heard them like, oh, fuck, shit. And they were like not paying attention. They were like, you're good. You're at 12. <laughs> Thanks. Jesus Thanks for guys. the help. <laughs> you. Yeah. I um, did a... Uh, I did a house party. I did 21. I was only supposed to do 15, but yeah. Krish never lit me. It was his like going away party at the art house. Um, yeah, I felt 15 good. is a lot of time. 15 is a lot of time. Did it go well? It went really well. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
I, I started out, it was since it was a going away party for Krish, like doing some Krish related jokes because he had been my roommate for a couple months okay. and then worked in some of my stuff. But yeah, that's a good tape for 21 minutes of a guy who hadn't done that much comedy yet. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a long I, time. I, I felt, yeah, I never lost him. And but yeah, it was like, it's a bringer show almost. It's a house so, party and yeah, I knew the people yeah. in the room, or at least half the people in the room were my people. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it went well. I wasn't, it was less frightening than I thought it would be. And then other than that, I did 10 at Black Forge, and I'm about to do a 10 at uh, the Hambones Rumble next weekend. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I had a similar thing. To, I was actually on your show at The Maker. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I ended up doing like 19. I was supposed to do 15. And it was, it was just because when you're... When it's going good, you want to yeah, go up there forever. You want to stop, yeah. And I got to, and I was like, this, this is definitely more than fifteen minutes. Yeah, I was like I should probably go at this point. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and you do run out of run out of good. Yeah, material. once you the rumble, the rumble is my first showcase that I did. Nice, uh, and it went very badly. <laughs> oh, don't scare me now. <laughs> it was terrible, and I, the thing is, I had brought people because that was my first showcase ever, right. and it was something that like I uh, because I had another show two weeks after that the underwear show, which went very well. But I just kind of texted my friends like, hey, I got a surprise. Like someone had bailed on him, on Derek, so he asked me to do it. Yeah. I, so I just texted my friends like, hey, I'm doing this. And two of my like better friends like organized the whole thing, which I didn't expect them to do. So like, and it was, you know, after, it's after the improv thing. So yes. there were like five people. It would have been five people had like you 12 of my friends not shown up. And I did badly in front of my oh. friends. Like, and like, it's, a couple punchlines did okay. It wasn't the worst set. But I honestly, I the mediocre ones piss me off almost even more, because when you're bombing, you're learning something. Yeah. And when you're doing well, you're doing well. But it's those like half-hearted chuckle ones where you get a few laughs and you're like, this is just bullshit. Yeah. It's just like this is this joke isn't good enough. Exactly. Like, there's something there, but it's, it's but it's but I need to did, work. But you did it uh, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, but the only redeeming part of that showcase, uh, because it was awkward and it was insufferable was that I didn't know until my friend came up afterwards. She was hammered, and she's very she's a straight shooter. And she was like, um, just so you know, did you, like, cut your own hair or something? <laughs> and I had. Because <laughs> and I did. Because I, I get a tight buzz because I'm a bald man, and I have a nice-shaped skull, so you get a tight buzz. It was actually a big relief for me because, like, my teens and 20s were an insufferable saga of me trying to figure out how to style my hair in a way that looks attractive. <laughs> and it never did. And I hated it. And then I started to go bald and I buzzed it. And I was like, oh, Eureka. Fucking A. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah. Should have been doing this the whole time. It's a hell. But it's 10 bucks per when you have a real professional do it who went to school for it. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I can get a pair of clippers for 30 bucks. I'm being economical and shit. <laughs> Cut my own hair. Never did it again because she told me that because I had pressed too hard and done it unevenly, there were all these streaks and tracks <laughs> running all over my scalp that you couldn't see conversationally in a bar, but when I'm under a fucking spotlight, it just blew up. <laughs> and she was like, and she's like, it's so distracting. <laughs> and I'm oblivious to this sure. fact. And I'm up there like, first showcase, so exciting. Like an idiot. <laughs> no, I, first showcases are hard. Mine, was, mine did not go well. <laughs> I, it, was, it was at Sonny's, and I did 10. I think yeah. it was the first. It was the first time I got to do ten minutes. So I like put together all the best jokes that had been working at open mics, mm-hmm. and it just just so happened to be all of this really gross sexual shit, <laughs> <laughs> just like horribly filthy stuff. And like when it, it would work at open mics, because it would kind of come out of nowhere, and I would do one per set. Yeah, and putting them all next to each other Everyone's was just like, you're every, fucking creepy. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Ugh. yeah I, like I brought a couple friends. 
and they, uh, like, and they, they all just were like, oh man, what's this is what you do with this? Like, <laughs> you're, you're like nice. You're such a nice guy. What oh are you God. How does how has that affected how you craft a set list for a night then? I know you said you don't bring like a firm piece of paper up with you anymore, but um, I mean, I do occasionally. I haven't done it as much. I, I need to get back into it. Um, I, I don't know. I You start to realize that there's opening jokes and then there's like meteor jokes and there's closers. And sometimes they're like the meteor ones are good closers. At first, I thought he said meteor, like it was meteor yeah. through the sky. And I was like, well, I need more of, of those jokes. Yeah, what are those? I need, more, <laughs> I need more star braced humor. Yes. <laughs> Everybody needs space humor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, like a lot of times you'll do, I'll do like quicker jokes up front. Yeah. And then have something uh, like a bigger piece I want to work on that you throw in afterwards. But a lot of times it's it's very spur of the moment. Um, you know, 10 minutes before I go on stage, I'm like, shit, what if? What did I write this week? Do I have to do any of that? No jokes. No, I'm just gonna do the same things. My shit's longer form. Yeah, where my wheelhouse. I mean, I do. I have. I. It's funny because I have two quick jokes right now. (laughs) Two. Yeah. So basically, every time I'm trying to do them as an opener or closer, I'm like, well, I can do that one first or last, and then switch it, and that's all I have. But um, it's with the long form stuff. It's you can always work because we talk about this. You can always work on something. It doesn't have to be new material, but like new orders and trying to smooth transition every mic yeah. and Sh- you should have a, a one new thing that you're trying to goal. insert yeah there should yeah. be a goal for each set i yeah. think that's yeah and it's like you don't have I mean, it would be ridiculous to work on new new jokes every single set because then like you're th- it's never gonna get better right right but you can always work on making shit that you have better or like trying to figure out hey how can i transition smoothly from this one joke into this other joke let me put my closer at the beginning let me yeah. Instead of, what? yeah, because you don't want to shoehorn it. Like, I think it's either just let it die and then start a new thing or because the seamless transitions are where like it's that's that, that can be hard. exhausting for people, though, to, yeah. to listen to if you're because if, yeah. if everything seems like it's flowing into each other, um, it almost becomes a monologue. Yes. You know, OK. Yeah. So if you do it with crowd work, like, I, I mean, I, you know, just take a drink of water or beer or whatever you have on mm-hmm. stage. That's a, honestly a better transition than. It's a Most good ellipses between. Yeah, you don't yeah do people try to do it. this. Yeah, and they end yeah. up having this weird like thirty second gap it's of just forced. talking. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that, that like was my problem when I started. But I, th- you know, I'm sure that's a problem for a lot of that's yeah, yes. new guys. Well, everybody wants to make like the perfect set that all flows. And yeah, yeah. It's just there's callbacks in every joke. Like that, just, like that <laughs> the Chappelle stuff where he was he's always so good. You don't realize where how you got from here to ten minutes later. Yeah. You're like we're right. talking something completely different. When the fuck did that happen? And that's, I mean, obviously, that's what you would like. Of course, to everybody do. wants to they be have great. More time, they yeah. like when you have an hour to do something, you have to do that. So, like yeah. your bits, the bits we're doing at open mics are shorter, thirty seconds. You can, I mean, yeah. the most they can be is five minutes. Exactly. So, if you want to do like multiple things, it's usually less than a minute for each one. Yeah. But you know, if you can once you extend that, you can have a ten-minute bit. Yeah. That's all about a similar topic. And that was like, I, I remember the first time I did a show because when you learn. The different, like it's five minutes, ten minutes. How different can it be? Right. Oh, just two, two it's, five minutes. It's seven. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's completely different because it, yeah. it's it, like the longer you get, it is more about structure, you know, and, absolutely, and rhythm and how because and it's like you said, Eric, when it gets to a monologue point, your punchlines start to get buried, right. where you know people, people tune out. There's no yeah, there's not enough rhythm to hit, and there's no like build up, and then, yeah. and then it just dies. Yeah. Like like that conversation. Oh, <laughs> it's like a balloon deflating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, do you do you talk out your sets? You time them beforehand, like you mentioned with I the do. ten minutes. It, you're walking through the, the house. The way I eased into actually going up on stage was the moth. Okay. Um, because as I am an inveterate bullshitter, which is why I I know they're like one of the nice things about getting older is when you know when someone doesn't like you and you don't care and not like aggressively like I don't care because then you obviously but you're just like oh some people don't like me and you kind of accept that you have qualities that are distinctly unlikable yes <laughs> 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 you're a person yeah. like that's part of it mm-hmm. and uh you know so the moth was how I because I've always you know again I've always been upset like very invested in being funny and telling good stories and the moth was a good practice for taking something and finding the balance between you have to write it down, but not every single word. And you have to practice it, but it can't sound memorized. Right. right. And that finding that balance for the moth was how I kind of eased into comedy where it's with the moth, I would actually write it completely word for word, say it out loud because it's much more structured and it's about the arc, yeah. not so much the jokes that you have. Um, but now I just like, I'll work on stuff just mainly in my head. And then generally I find when I say it out loud on stage, that's where a lot of the tags come from because it's just kind of in the moment. Yeah. Because it's hard to, you know, your your brain, it, there's like adrenaline and shit going when you're up in front of people that'll yeah. make you kind of focus sharper. And that's that's honestly my favorite moments is when you have a joke that you've been doing for a while and then it's going well and then you kind of throw out a little extra thing that just kind of comes to you in the moment on stage and then people laugh. That's when you're like, oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's like a that's drug. That's definitely the best feeling. Yeah. That's, yeah. I wish that happened more often. <laughs> it's every, not, every single time. Yeah, it's not yeah, it's common. Good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's I, I find that because like I said, I don't write out. I've, there's very few of my jokes that are longer than three lines that I've written out the complete mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And I've tried to have like that. This is a thing I should have this. I should commit it to paper. Uh, and I start writing it out. I'm like, I fucking know this. Like, why did I, <laughs> why I, did I, I say this? Say time? I've said this a hundred times. Yeah. Why do I fucking need to write it down to memorize it? Yeah. Like, I know where the beats are already. So yeah, it is. It is a weird balance. You don't want it to sound right. Like you're just talking, but you want to be rehearsed. You want to look like right. you're not you wasting you're people's going. time. Yeah, exactly. If I my goal is to get from this bit to that bit, that's what I think I use set list for. Moreover, is the transitions is yeah. trying to mm-hmm. figure out if that's where I want to go. I need to make sure I do this tag at the end of it because it ties into this start. Yeah. Right. And then when I get up there and I start going out of order, that's when I get flustered or, or and yeah, frustrated and when i have new tags it's also i'll forget to do them sometimes sure yeah <laughs> and i know it's frustrating particularly if you're having a good like it's the best nights are the nights where like some people have great sets some people have terrible sets it's an audience that will laugh if it's funny like the, I, those are my favorite nights because yeah. then you know you, know, you really learn something because there are, there are nights when everyone's laughing at everything and those are fun of yeah. course but you're like i'm not going to get anything out of this i'm just gonna have a good time and that's Obviously, you need that sometimes, particularly if you've had a bunch of bad ones in a row. Well, and I think we talked on Thursday after, during Cativo. It's do you want to follow somebody who bombed or do you want to follow somebody who killed? Because there's pros and cons to both. Obviously, yeah, if the right. host can come up and reset it a little bit, you do have a fresh palette to do what you want if the guy before you wasn't good. And if somebody did well, you get to ride their momentum yeah. and keep the show going and, and be light. It is awkward to interact with the person. Like if someone does really badly and then you and they come off and they're like, oh, this room is shit. And then you go up and kill. Like, yeah. It's hard not to prison yard stare them when you get off stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been the room. What are you going to do about it? Are you guys on social media? Can people follow you on the internet? Uh, you can, I'm on Twitter. I don't tweet. I mean, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, I'm, I, I follow <laughs> comics and news sources. Yeah. When yeah. I first signed up, I tried to tweet, and, and I, I was so bad at it. 
like I tried to be like, this is a funny thing. And then I've reread some of the old tweets. I wish I could delete. Can you delete? Yeah, them? you can delete. Tweets. I yeah. need to delete all of them because they're it's not that they're like embarrassing in any revealing way. They're just really shitty, not funny jokes <laughs> that I wish were not in the world. Yeah, I that's my thing is because I over Twitter's not the format for me. No, yeah. I overthink everything. So it's not like, oh, I've thought of this funny thing. Put it out in the, in the universe. <laughs> it's, it's like, I thought of this funny thing. Nah. Uh, no, that's not that funny. No, maybe I should hold, write a whole bit about it. No, I should tweet. <laughs> I got to tweet. No, it's too many words, too many characters. Fuck it. And it's, I'd it's almost gone. rather that than the guys who like, or uh, comics in general, I can't say just guys, who try out their material on Facebook or on Twitter. Right, that, and then, and then really you see it later me. that week on their set. Yeah. I'm like, that was your status like three days ago. That's right. <laughs> okay. And I, I get it where it's like, it's, it's just the premise and yeah. they expound upon it and make it into a, like a clever bit. No. But when it's just a one liner. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, and yeah. then I'm going to do the joke. I, I wish like, people tagged it? photographs more because I de- I deactivated my Facebook account after college because okay. I had no use for it. Um, and I didn't like it because like, I found it was one day I was at work and I was reading it and I was getting physically angry over everyone's <laughs> shit that they were posting on there. And then I was like, then why am I doing this? And then Bingo. I deleted my Facebook account. But right now my Facebook account is my profile picture <laughs> and the last picture of when I was like 22 in college <laughs> being an idiot. And I'm like, I guess people don't tag up pictures a lot anymore. <laughs> It was big because <laughs> I know they're out. uploading yeah. these huge photo albums. I'm like, can you tag me so I can get some buffer <laughs> between me and this when I weird. young 22 year old Alex? <laughs> and all of my likes are very strange. I haven't figured out how to delete my likes because it's like, it's all college shit. It's like Scarface all your groups and everything. Oh. Yeah, and like <laughs> and Hunter S. Thompson yeah. and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And I'm like, I'm not a fucking tot. I'm not a teenager. I like it's other just, stuff it's, now. It's been. I still like. You just Hunter gotta S. add. Thompson. You gotta add more stuff. Apparently, yeah. That's what I, I, every once in a while, I like freak out. I'm like, oh, my Facebook is wrong. Everything about it, like nobody can tell who no I one am. Is it's not an honest representation yeah, of me. It's, it's all bad. Well, with the new Facebook, apparently you can have a profile video. You can do like a 30 second clip of you <sighs> That's fucking explaining pathetic. your profile. That's so so you've got options. I just want uh, you to know. Plus they're doing a reaction button, which is going to cause so many suicides. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so many kids are going to kill themselves because of that. They're expanding <laughs> like bad. to mean many different, you can yeah. be angry about somebody's status, you can yeah. be sad. Well, if you feel the compulsion to kill yourself over something on Facebook, maybe it's best. Yeah. Well, get help. This is yeah, please, listening. by all means. If you feel like killing yourself, get help. Mental Honestly. health is a serious issue. Talk to one of us, we all want to do it. Too. That's I love that right. we're talking we're about this like anyone's listening to this. If they, if they, if they <laughs> made it to the <laughs> outro of the podcast, People God bless bites. you. <laughs> Um, you could. You guys are just both at Alex Homiak and at Harry Gilliland. Yes, okay. I think it's Alexander Homiak. Wow, <laughs> he got worse by the it's minute lame. there. Oh, fuck off, guys! Any <laughs> numbers in there? Is, your, is that your birth name? Uh, yeah. Are you Alexander, Alexander and Harold? Is I'm that, Harold. Yeah, but yeah. I, I've been. My parents fucked me over. Yeah, they haven't the called. Would, they the never go by Harold. Well, they never called me Harold. Would you go by that? Her- no, maybe. <laughs> If, no, I think if I grew up as a Harold, then that would be fine. But they like since I was born, they called me Harry. I think if I met a guy who introduced himself as Harold, I would assume he's an asshole. <laughs> I would assume that he's sixty. <laughs> People do that anyway about me. So, well, That's a big thank you to both of you guys yeah. for coming and doing the mic every week, and for sitting down and doing the podcast yeah, today. I love watching your work. You. Yeah, absolutely. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods a podcast collection.